This is professional radio, gentlemen. That's front wheel drive. Sorry, have you got anyone you want to thank? Just myself. And now we do the after hours. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what would you go for? Thanks to your Okay, and because it's not a supercar. It is. It's not. Automotive perfection comes in the form of two letters, A and U. Long live my LTD. Welcome to Car Talk. It is Tuesday night here at 98.9 Northwest FM. Back in the studio, back online with... Uh, Mr. Rizzy Ross Actor, Mr. David Prince, and Mr. Edward Bunting. How are you, gentlemen? Hello, Matthew. Well, thank you. It's very good to hear. My com- my camera just decided to completely die, but it's okay. We'll we'll move on. Uh, how and we've also been joined by by Scotty Doe, who's just who just managed to pop his head in now once it loads up. Um, how how are you? Yeah. Can I quickly say something, Maddie? When you said my camera's dying. Yes. On my screen, it shows a Mercedes. <laughs> well, well, I don't know if there's a correlation there, you know what I'm saying? Scotty may know more. Not, not just any Mercedes. <laughs> it it looks a very familiar garage too. It, it, it not, is. It's not in my garage. I would never allow that car in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Yeah, it was it was at a it was at a friend's garage when, when we were when we were doing doing a few things. So I just took a photo of it that, that one time. But but how are you, gentlemen? Well, very good. Nice long weekend away, so uh, all relaxed and ready to get into another week. I hope. Lovely, lovely. Um, Keep forgetting it's Tuesday though. That yeah, was, it, uh, it feels it still feels like a Monday. Like I like, I don't know what, I don't know why that is. There's Scotty. How are you, Scott? Hello, Scott Lee. Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? Good mate, good. We're, we're doing the rounds through the uh, through through the the hellos. Edward Bunting, how are you? Hello. Yes. Well. Well. Um, That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, dealing with life. Yeah. Dealing with life. What are you dealing with, Mister Bunting? Oh, you know, just stuff. Just. Yeah. just oh, you know, just stuff. You know? I seem to have an endless list of stuff I need to do and not enough time to do it. I think that's everyone, though, isn't it? Really. Pretty um, much. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. There's. There's. I don't think we ever die and go, no, I got everything done I wanted to. No. <laughs> always, you know, oh, forgot bin night or the back fence still isn't painted or whatever, you know. No. Alan but, Deep Singe. And we are joined by Alan Deep. It is, the, it is the full house tonight, gentlemen. It's a beep, beep, beep. It is a, it is a full house. Ace is full of kings. Uh, you know, really good hand in, in, in poker, that is. Uh, Alan, how are you, my friend? I am very good, thank you. Very good. Good to good to Where have you. I am in the lovely Bush Capital. Canberra. The Bush Capital. Mm-hmm. Capital. Uh, the capital for the El Capitan uh, of the show, Mr. Mr. Uh, Alam Deep Singh. Uh, Rizzy Ross is on the moon, apparently, uh, which you said before the show. How are you, Riz? I'm going all right. Now, I've got to say, I'm very happy to see. Uh, Dr. Alamdeep Singh on our <laughs> show today because I have to, I have a bone to pick with one of the current part-time residents of Canberra. Oh, um, okay. And, and it, I don't think it's the only one. I think everyone on this, on this show has a bone to pick with this person who is a part-time resident of Canberra. Yes. Because today I heard this gentleman say something which I'm like, you clearly have no idea. 
<laughs> this gentleman is not only our deputy prime minister, he's also the transport minister, Mr. Barnaby Joyce, or uh, should I say <laughs> Mr. Barnaby Be Too Much Joyce. Um, now, he said that they're, they're doing nothing at this moment in time about the fuel prices and reducing the fuel excise. And because he reckons that all of that money that they raise is being used for building infrastructure. Now, last time I checked, there's still shitloads of potholes in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah, they're so everywhere. just the northern suburbs. <laughs> and every time with climate change, when we have all of these rain, we get more potholes everywhere. But I don't see Barnaby filling them up with, with a shovel. So just got a slight bone to pick with a part-time resident of Canberra. He has been spending a bit more time there because he gets a bit too friendly with the staffers, but I'll leave my rant there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should be investing our money in, in the signs that they put up saying, warning, rough road ahead. Because they seem to make plenty of the signs and they just stick them up and that, oh, okay, that's fixed, you know, warning people about the rough road ahead. <laughs> Not actually doing anything about the rough road ahead, but I see so many of those signs up now. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, Riz. In Airport Drive, which, which is all, sorry, Airport West Drive, I think it is, in front of the Airport West Shopping Centre, the yep. potholes there were for, ever since I can remember, horrendous. Like, just shaky carter pieces, brake wheels, all sorts of things. Anyway, for years, they'd just be patching them up, patching them up, patching them up, patching them up. But it, like, it'd rain and they'd be broken again, like, like a day like a day later. So finally, after I don't know how many years, they, uh, they, earlier this year, they, they resurfaced that whole area. Now, I don't know how well they resurfaced the area, but they only did like the middle stretch. They didn't do the, the first bit and the, and the end bit. So, you know, it, it's, it's only something in the US, but it's, a, it's something. Something for us, us northerners, which we, which we can have. Mm. Um, I know exactly the spot you're talking about. How bad is it, Scott? Oh. <clears throat> it used to be shocking. It was terrible. And even in Zen mode, the amount of bumps <laughs> you feel. <laughs> even in the Zen mode, uh, we, we, got, we got Scotty just still raging behind, behind the wheel of his Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, gentlemen, we'll get into it uh, with some car updates as we as we normally do before tonight's topics. Of some, I've got some cracking what would you rather's to get to. Edward Bunting will be doing our quiz tonight. He's our quiz master, oh. and ah uh, yes, and yeah. uh, and and our and our other topic of our of our favourite type of racing, uh, or, or motor racing that is obviously being an automotive based show. Now we'll go around the screens. We'll go with Edward. He's top top left of my screen, so you can start, Edward. Okay. Um... Car update is being recorded. <laughs> this is being recorded. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what do you call it? Zoom lady. Um, <laughs> it's been a busy weekend. I've um, sold the Land Rover Discovery that I had in stock. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Two days ago, you were saying, oh, I can't get rid of the bloody thing. I'm going to. Well, here's the thing, Matthew. And, uh, you know, you and maybe some other listeners might find this interesting. <laughs> I had the Land Rover Discovery advertised on Gumtree and I had the Honda Legend advertised on Facebook Marketplace, which had got a lot of attention but no committed buyers at the price point required. So after three weeks of, for want of a better term, stuffing around, you know, with those two cars on there and getting no real traction, um, I decided to mix it up. I thought the Legend is a quality car. That deserves to be on car sales. So I, I put that on car sales. 
and I put the discovery on Marketplace and within 24 hours they were both sold. So I think Whoa. it was a case of right, you know, right forum for the right car sort of thing, you know. And um, yeah, 21 advertising out there, you, you just maybe pick your audience a bit. So, and I had, I actually had three really good um, calls on the legend, you know, within that 24 hours and the first guy that came to see it bought it. Um, so I, I, I think that obviously those buyers weren't looking on Facebook Marketplace or are not, yeah. not hooked into that. And I think the discovery did get some interest on Gumtree, but it got a lot more interest on Marketplace. So it just depends on what you've got as to where you might put it. Mm. So that was that was a productive weekend. Um, what else can I tell you? The Ranger has come back from getting its new tub. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago I was getting a, uh, a new secondhand tub put on it because it had a few dings in it. So that looks a lot fresher. And I detailed the seats with my Bissell spot cleaning wet vac thing, which, um, yeah, they look brand new. Fantastic. So can recommend that machine. I think we've talked about those before. I think you sell them mm -hmm. at super cheap, Maddie, at your, your other, other, other work. We absolutely do, my friend. We absolutely do. Yeah, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, what else can I tell you? The Holden Cruise that I acquired is getting four new tires or was getting those today. So that should be uh, ready to rock and roll tomorrow. Did you have to get new, new ones or did you find some? I went to a one wrecker and they didn't have the, the wrecker you and I both love to frequent, David, really <laughs> specializes in 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 inches. Once you yep. get 17s, 18s, they don't really have much lying around. Um, but there's another wrecker out in Dandenong I visited who. Jollies. Jollies, who go to the, the bigger sizes, you know, they're, they're yep. more readily available. So I ended up getting brand new from them um, at 98 bucks a tire for an 18, which is not okay. bad. Pretty good, yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, to save me driving around Melbourne trying to scam a bargain. Um, so we did that. Uh, four new brand, brand new tires going onto the cruise. Um, I had a little bit of fun. You know, you'll like this matter. It involves a Ford on the weekend. So... <laughs> Volvo Alex, who you're familiar with, he's been on the program earlier, and I uh, I just said to him, it's hot, let's go for a swim. So we uh, went down to Brighton for a swim in the ocean. I put the BA Ford keys that I had borrowed off my mechanic, that's his loaner car, on my thongs. Then it was a bit rocky in the water, and I said, Alex, can you bring my thongs? And then I followed that up with, be careful, the car keys are on my thongs. So he picks up the thongs, doesn't really pay attention to what I've said, you know, that be careful. He probably thought I was like his mum or something saying, be careful, <laughs> and he tuned out. Anyway, we swim, we swim, we come out of the ocean and there's no keys. My towel, my t-shirt, my hat, the dog, everything else is there, but there's no BA keys. So then I'm faced with, well, what do you do? What do you do? Thankfully, he brought his phone. And so we were able to get onto my brother to get the mechanic's number to ring the mechanic to say, you've got a spare key. Yes, get an Uber to the mechanic's house, get an Uber back. Bam, we're back on the road again. But I went back the next day with a rake and I literally raked the beach where we were sitting and there's no keys there. Wow. Which is unusual to me because like I can understand a single silver key going missing and you drop that in the sand, it's gone. You know, it's like dropping it in a, in a, in a I don't know, a lemon meringue pie that's just setting or something, boom, gone. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if this Falcon key is not tiny, it's got a big black bit on it and then it's got the separate remote bit on it. And it's like, that's 
it's not just one single key. How does that just vanish? I can't fathom it. I'm, wow. It was almost Falcons, like magic. Falcons are just so fast that it just vanished before your eyes. Anyway, so that that was an annoyance, and I've been today to get a new key cut, 150 bucks later. I've ordered a oh, remote off eBay, 30 bucks coming from Queensland, and they reckon they've dispatched it, so they must not be underwater, the remote place. But What uh, Ed doesn't realise is the key didn't go missing. Somebody was in that parking lot trying to get into a Falcon. Well, I did think that, and that's why I stayed near the car with the dog while Alex went and got the spare key in the Uber. I stayed near the car in case some thieves were you know, loitering around, but... I think what happened was they said, all car keys, and then, because it's Braden, they 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 saw the dog be a falcon, they're like, ugh, and they just dropped the keys. They're like, ugh, no, no, thank you. Get it away from me. Get it away from me. Having said that, I've been driving around in that car, and I've mentioned that car before. It's very smooth and what have you. I've been driving around in that car for the last three or four days, and I really quite enjoy driving it. It's grunty, it's silky, you know, and I said to my brother the other night, I'm, I'm really after my recent good Falcon experience. You good know, Falcon experience. With the XR6s. I'm like, I've sort of got a bit of a hankering for my own Falcon here for a bit. And uh, <laughs> I started looking around. I found a BA, um, really clean looking BA with books and everything, you know, for two and a half. And I thought, God, if you got that for two grand or something, it's, it's a lot of car with a tow bar. Anyway, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't launched that yet. I don't need a Falcon. I just like, I like the Everybody Falcon. needs a Falcon. I'll sell you a BF, Ed. You got a BF? A BF with only 170 on the clock, which Ooh. is basically just breaking case. Is this your dad's one? Yep. Is that Too grand? That's pretty good. Is that dedicated LPG? Yes, it is. Yeah. So you'd be saving quite a bit in this economy. Is that an Eco LPI or the previous one? The previous one, EGAS. The green top, the e-gas. That's it. Yeah. The typhoon rods. Look at you, Ed Bunting. How much I get for... What expert in the room. Oh, yeah, I know. Listen to me just talk. Like <laughs> I'm a falcon guy. How, how much is that car, uh, Alan Deep Singe? I don't know. Whatever you think is fair. <laughs> 700 will do it. Ed, just quickly on that, I'm actually a little bit disappointed. I thought after doing all of these podcast episodes, and getting to know um, people from Alum and my background, you would know that we would make use of any rebate that was available <laughs> on yeah. those vehicles. So if you thought that we would pay extra to Ford for an Eco LPI or LPG, nah, -uh. we yeah. we know we know when they're giving out money, we're taking it. So it's definitely the previous generation of LPG that's, conversion. That's why you're in two Teslas with a three grand rebate each, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, Ed, this is, yeah. this is interesting because we we ventured out to to uh, to Centre Road Breakers, uh, also known as Imlux, uh, um, on the weekend. Yeah, and yeah. there was a really tidy, uh, quite original low-miler E-L Falcon there. And yes, like, I was Ooh. quite taken with it. You were, and and you know what, Edward, I I can see you in a in a Falcon there. Look, a cheap, reliable form of transport, my friend. They work. They they work. <laughs> I do like them, and my brother and I both said, you know, there was there was a reason those big Australian cars worked so well in Australia, and um, yeah, I I can I can go it. You know, anything at a price. I wouldn't pay thirty grand for one, but I'd probably pay twelve hundred bucks for one. I say my typhoon fifty grand done. No fifty k. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's me. I've gotten rid of some stuff, and I need to now get rid of more stuff. 
Mr. Prince. Well, I was away for the weekend, and it wasn't a car-related weekend um, necessarily, or at all, really. Um, but it was a very nice weekend, all the same. So, no, the week it, there wasn't much. I uh, I've dropped the starter motor for the '77 Civic wagon in at the Auto Alex to have that mm-hmm. cleaned up and looked at. Uh, hopefully, that will go, David. What, what's happening with that? That was about a week ago that went in. Yeah, well, that guy did nothing about it, and then I realised later that was probably the wrong guy to take it to because he was immediately when I dropped it off. Oh, it's the, oh, oh, you know. So I actually grabbed it back from him Friday, took it somewhere else. So um, I said thanks anyway, but we won't worry about it. Get another one. So haven't really, but I'll I'll take it somewhere else. So uh, I'll be following that up tomorrow. I'll check in and see what uh, what if they've had a look at it between now and then. Um, they're, they're a guy actually much closer to me than, than this other guy who I first, first thought of. Um, but they've been really, really good. I have used them a few times with air conditioning regasses and they've been, been great. That's um, very different to a starter motor though. Well, it is, but they're an auto electric. I mean, that's their, their. What are you going to do? Shove the R134A in the starter? I hope it's good. <laughs> if it works, if it gets the car started, I'm happy. You that's fine. brushes in the air conditioning. <laughs> well, it could be new brushes. <laughs> um, actually, the first car we took there was a it was my son's Honda MDX, which had uh, to have the eco aircon regassed, and the rear air wasn't working in it. And I thought, oh, this would be interesting. And he rang rang back and said, oh yeah, all done. It was a fuse. Oh wow! So you know, it, it could have been he could have he could have spun any sort of story, you know, and I wouldn't yeah. have been surprised. We probably wouldn't have had it done. But uh, yeah, you know, just went to pick it up. No, all done. It was just a fuse. We've just sorted that out. Boom, done. Right. It was chilly, cold air all the time. So I thought that's very good. So I've actually taken a few other Hondas there over the over the last couple of years to have the air checked and done. And he's very uh, reasonable and very obviously very honest what what he does. So he's a good one to mm. keep going to. Yeah. So I'm still once I get it started, I'll I'll take it around and I'll show it to a couple of people in regard to the bodywork. There's a bit of rust along the the body seams in the roof, which is not uncommon in those. Um, and I'm just wondering how far to go, whether we get it back on the road. The fact it's a wagon makes it really unusual um, and rare. I've shown shown the photo to eight, 90% of the people I show the photo to say I've never seen one, didn't ever know such a thing existed. So um, pretty unusual. So we'll uh, keep working away on that. Um, so legend coupe that's been floating around in the background. I had a little bit of paintwork done on that, and it's having another little bit of tidy up this week. And then hopefully on the weekend, we'll be swapping the interior from another one from a car from the country that Ed sourced for another guy in the club. Um, and that's a 130,000 K coupe. So that that drives beautifully. So hopefully we can make it look as beautiful as it drives, and um, that'll be a nice example back on the road. Saved, um, Florence blue the colour is. So it's a deep metallic blue, really lovely looking car. With, with cream a cream leather. leather, isn't it? Dark blue. Yeah, cream you leather. Can't beat dark blue with cream. It's no, no, it looks stunning. Mm. So and they look brilliant with the you know the wheels cleaned up and tyres blacked and that you know lovely deep blue paintwork. So. That'll be good. Um, went down a bit of a rabbit hole looking at, at videos about our subject tonight, a little earlier in the day, and um, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Um, 
See, I think that's about me, actually. Done for now. I've got oh. Matthew, if I'm... Oh, sorry, David, go. Sorry, one, one other thing. I did send Ed a couple of photos this afternoon. I was at a dealership, uh, a top-end dealership, you'd probably say, with... Um, and they, sitting in the yard, was a 2006 Holden Adventurer, which is basically a Commodore Outback, basically. Jacked yeah. up Commodore. Exactly what it is. Um, LX- like the six-cylinder. Yeah, LX6. So the six-cylinder. But luxury pack, it must have been. It, it had a factory sunroof, which I thought was really unusual. I didn't remember any of them having factory roofs. But if it wasn't a factory roof, it was someone spent a lot of money. The roof was... The edges were all rolled into the into the bodywork of the car and stuff. So it would have been a factory roof. Yeah, it must have been. Um, didn't have the normal telltale little aftermarket thing stuck in the roof lining. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the, the 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 buyer there said, yeah, they, they want to trade it. You know, like they're spending. You know, most of the cars there are 60, 70, 80 plus, and they're trading this in. So they're offering them a couple for for a trade in on it. How many k's did it done? Oh, about two twenty, I think. But uh, but he said I've just looked on car sales and there's one for three with with less Ks you know on car sales so which really surprised me I thought that's quite a lot of car for that sort of money and mm-hmm. given the uniqueness of it and the fact that you know Holden's obviously stopped production I would have thought it would have been worth more than that. Yeah, Avengers always a bit of an orphan they weren't really. Oh well, why is that? Well that doesn't necessarily translate to them not being worth much down the track. No it sort of does. an orphan car like they never really had a great following the territory did it a whole lot better saying the cross-track four-wheel drive system wasn't state-of-the-art ed that's ridiculous talk what i'm saying yeah (laughs) it was was holden's quattro is is what it was yeah holden's quattro (laughs) all road so uh yeah commodore all road that's, a, that's i was gonna say maybe before just quickly my tarago from the adelaide japanese car show was shared by garage of awesome he did quite a post on it on instagram see that. and he sent me a note later after that had all gone out saying that street machine had share on shared it onto their oh wow thing. <laughs> i'm thinking street machine isn't that like <laughs> modified engine out of the bonnet you know craziness and I watched their story reel of this street car and that drag car and whatever. And then there's the Tarago and then back to another drag car, whatever. I'm, like, I'm guessing their social media guy, his parents had a Tarago, I'm guessing. Maybe, maybe. You heard it here first. Ed will be at Tough Street on uh, at some of the I did have to laugh. And the guy from Garage of Awesome goes, I've never... I couldn't believe it. Street Machine picked this up. Wow. He said, I had no influence on that. And I'm just like, I can't believe that bloody van's on, on the Street Machine. I, I love the story, the the instant story he shared on Instagram with a photo of the Tarago, the Gregory's Tarago service workshop yeah. manual for it. Did it. Yeah, that, that's right. The, the the world's least useful Gregory's manual, you know, see why I read this story. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing goes wrong with them. Yeah. It's very cute. It's a cracker. Uh, Alan. Updates with you, my friend. Um, considering we were on the Sunday kickback, uh, there weren't a lot of updates uh, from the last two days. Uh, STI is running just fine. Um, for the gentlemen who have missed it, the MX-5 battery is dead once again, uh, which is, you know, always nice. At this point, considering the battery is brand new, I'm starting to think maybe there's a parasitic draw. Like, I expect the battery to last. What? 
a parasitic draw. Parasitic draw. Um, I would expect the brand new battery to last a little bit longer, personally, even yeah. if the car hasn't been started. But the batteries are very small on the MX-5, so... Yeah. yeah. Mine, I will say my NA, uh, you know, even with a good battery, brand new, it doesn't last that many weeks before it, you know, mm. no good. Yeah. But, Is it garaged when you're not using it? Yes, in the garage. Well, why don't you put a trickle charge on it, a C technique? I would, and I do, on my oh, cars, okay. <laughs> But asking others to do it for you... Um, at this point, this is the second group of family members that have let me down. Did we get driven, uh, Alan, no, by anyone? No, no, not well. I'm not in Melbourne. Well, just just disconnect the battery. That's all I do. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. You can put one of those boat terminals on it. You just unscrew the thing. Yeah, I should do that. The funny thing was um, my sister was actually complaining because they, they needed an extra car, and they always gravitate towards the MX-5 when they need another car. And I said, there are other cars to take. Why do you got to pick mine? Yeah. But they tried to get it started and it didn't work. And then my sister was complaining, saying, you should have left the MX-5 at our house. We would have kept the battery alive. And I said, like you did last time, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> point. Point. now I'm going to maybe try my uncle's house. Maybe he'll keep the battery alive. Considering he's got two young kids, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, once again, in the vein of detailing, got some... Oops. The uh, background's not going to give it away. Is it? Uh, let's see. No, products. We got some nice detailing products. Uh, mm. Gion Glass and Gion Interior Detailer. Um, just giving those a bit of a whirl. What, what uh, brand is that from? That is Gion. They are a Gion. South Korean detailing brand. You can actually get them at your local Refco these days, some of their products. Not all of the range. Uh, if you want the whole range, you'll have to go to obviously a detailing kind of supply store, but a few of their products are available locally. They're pretty good. Um, again, on the slightly more premium side of pricing, yeah. but uh, so they must be good. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think you get them delivered with all the Hyundai N edition cars. <laughs> Uh, I love it, Riz. You just sorry. you just you just bad with the Koreans right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Apart from that, uh, relatively low in terms of car updates for me. I I am also, as Riz would say, very angry that um, you know we uh, it even New Zealand has uh, cut their fuel excise down to you know help people with the the increasing ever increasing prices of fuel, and uh, here we've got Mister. Barnaby Joyce, who I maintain, if there was ever an apocalypse, he'd be the first person to eat another person. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got this look about him. Um, has decided that no, we're not going to, you know, reduce our excise until it's absolute last minute. The election's about to happen. Yeah, and we're going to win points. Yeah, they're going to pull a John Howard. You know, get some votes by reducing the fuel excise. Huh. Uh, Scotty Doe, updates with you. No, Scott. He's reconnecting, I think, maybe. He's reconnecting. Rizzy Ross, we'll get to you, man. How, how what's happening with you in in uh, in uh, Elon Musk, Tesla land? Uh, what's happening? What's happening? Uh, he was look, just flexing his two sunroofs earlier, you know. Uh, <laughs> just, let, just letting it out there, guys. Uh, uh, times are tough um, at the moment. That's why I started the show talking about Barnaby Joyce and the fuel excise and how they're not going to touch that. And they, I mean, that's you know, rich coming from the man with two Teslas talking about the fuel excise. I must say, <laughs> you know, look, and uh, it's because I'm a people's man. I'm there looking after the people. <laughs> I'm there thinking about all my car peeps and thinking far out. Like obviously, you know, like I only put in um, 
98 in the Cerato mm. um, because that's all that performance vehicle takes. And every time <laughs> I go to the pump and I look at that and I think to myself, why is it that we can't have, you know, just a little bit of um, reprieve of this? Not, I mean, not, not personally for myself, but like, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, that need to be able to get out and, you know, just do the lowest income earners that need to get to work. They can't, you know, they're going to be paying it up front. And when the government has some control over a tax, they should be able to do something about it. Like New Zealand, I think it's a three month thing they're saying that for three months, they're going to reduce the excise. Plus, they're going to, I think, half the public transport fares for everyone so That's that people, people are encouraged to take that if they, if they can type of thing. But anyway, look, coming um, back to the cars front, not a lot's happening apart from Tesla prices have gone up again today by another $3,000. Wow. So there was $1,000 last week. Um, then there was, so this is the base model. And then it went to, then they went from five to seven months wait time to seven, six to nine months. And today it's gone up by another $3,000. Um, so the raw material costs are hitting up. But what's funny is obviously now Tesla knows they can make their money because in the US, they the Model Y, which is the SUV, they um, most people have a wait time of six to nine months. But if you, while you're ordering, if you put on the full self-driving package, which barely anyone can use at the moment, for $12,000, we can deliver the car to you in two months. <laughs> so, so now, you know, obviously they're going to make money while the, while the sun's sort of shining for them. Um, but yeah, in Australia, that's uh, long wait times and the demands, demands gone up from some reports 100% in a week. Yeah, it's nice. Um, wow. Because people are starting to think about what some of the fuel prices are obviously, you know, people that have the money or can borrow the money to good. But a lot of people I'm seeing who have borrowed the money or who are about to borrow money to buy one now with these price increases won't be able to buy one or get one till next year. And the only other car update I have, and Mr. I'm very happy to see Dr. Alamdeep Singh here as well, uh, because every doctor needs to get an update on our 2022 Nissan 400Z when there is a cancellation of an STI that's also been announced this week. Uh, I, got a, I, got, I got another update, like my monthly updates on Fern Tree Gully Nissan. Uh, it was a message that says, we have on uh, good faith from Nissan Australia that we will be delivering cars by July. And I'm thinking to myself, nobody even knows how much they are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you'll be delivering cars. So I did, I did a bit of research, you know, I'm not into the same level of investigative automotive uh, details that, you know, the likes of Dr. David Prince or Dr. Um, Edward Bunting get involved with <laughs> because, because I'm just not at that level just yet. But I did a bit of investigation. It looks like even the U.S. hasn't had their Z prices or the 2022 Nissan Z prices announced. Mm. So some update, but no update. Right. And last so that's good and bad. Yes. And last but not least, Mr. Scotty Doe. Yeah, now I'm here, I think. 
Yes, you we loud and clear. Loud and clear. <laughs> Good. Um, so yesterday I did a little bit on the R31. I was just doing some just a little bits and pieces. Uh, I emptied out the rest of the old fuel, uh, cleaned inside the tank. So I cleaned it all up, got rid of all that kind of varnish, orangey varnish that starts to appear inside it, cleaned all that. What did you use to do that? that? Yeah, tell us, tell us more on that. In the car, you How didn't I take the tank out of the car? Nah. Oh, no, yeah. I didn't drop it. I cleaned the inside. I was able to get most of it and all around the corners with my hand in there. Right. I'm assuming you're using the holes that the fuel pump would go in to kind of reach yes. through. Yep, yep, yep. What did you use any products in there? Yeah, I used um, acetone. Okay. Yeah. That, that's like nail polish remover, isn't it? Acetone. It is. Yeah. You, I'd, I'd imagine it'd be really useful to get any of the varnish off. Uh, yeah, and it's fast drying as yeah. well, so. Yep. Mm. It dries up nice and fast, but I poured it all. I poured it all in there and left it for a bit. So I did a couple of other things and waited and then just got in there and started wiping and cleaning in there. I got pretty high, but... I was going to say, I had a mask on. Yeah, I was still wearing a mask, but full bit strong. <laughs> that was part of the experience. That was the reward He was wow. COVID so safe and he was, and, he was, uh, and he was fuel safe. So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cleaned that up, put it all back together, um, poured in the fresh... 98 in there that I had sitting. It would be worth a bit now. I should have sold it. Yeah. <laughs> Money in the bank or in the tank, as the case yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as as I thought, it started up perfectly, ran it for a bit. Um, last time I said that one of the headlights wasn't working. I got the Parkers all new globes. That's all working. Headlights, the high beams all work except for... The driver's side normal headlight doesn't work, but the high beam oh, does. Cool. Are they a H4? It's not a fuse. I swapped the, fuse. I swapped the fuses around. It's not that. Uh, okay. Are they a H4 globe? Yeah, H4. I bought yeah. a brand new globe, so it's not the globe. Oh, okay. Because it could be the terminal as well. Like the terminals can be on, on H4s, I know, especially because they're, they're a double filament globe. Sometimes the um, one doesn't specifically work so it, it might be it might be worth taking the terminal off trying to pry out the 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 um the copper connections and try to get popped back in yeah i might try that next if maybe it just needs a bit of a, a better clean than what i gave it i kind of just got some contact cleaner and sprayed in there but might just need to rub it back maybe a little bit of sandpaper in there and clean the terminal yeah get a better connection but um scotty just on just a bit of word of caution um, if you are going to use sandpaper, make sure you use it on a cricket ball as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's mainly used for, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Only what it's used for. Only what it's used for. And then, and then if you remember, I also worked on um, in the boot, they said under the... There's rubber trim there. There was rust and that, and they said to cut it out and get it all redone, which is a load of rubbish. So I peeled that back, sanded it back, put down the rust primer and converter, and then shoved it back on. So it won't get nice. any worse. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. that problem's fixed. 
You know, when the um, when, when the due date is, man, you, you need to have it on the road by Sakura Picnic. Mm. I know. May 1. Yep. May the 1st. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's going to be fun. No, no ifs, buts. Oh, my goldfish ate my, ate my paperwork. Nothing. It's, it's, it's all, <laughs> you, you're going to be there, Scotty. I got to pretty much book it in so then the guys just got time to just do some bits and pieces that might need done. Yep. I've got windscreen wipers for it, but I couldn't be bothered to fit them. Does <laughs> <laughs> the feeling say, does it really ask me? <laughs> They're just sitting in the car. I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> what, what's left to do on that, Scotty, other than the headlight for Roadworthy? It, it depends. That depends what the Roadworthy guy's like, I guess. Well, what? No, but based on that one you got, that horrendous Roadworthy test, what's left on that list? Um, there's probably still that rubber, the rubber bung that's meant to be in the boot. No, he didn't, he didn't deliver it. Oh. It didn't come in the package, unfortunately. Okay. Surely. I'm sure I can get a bit of, bit of tape, bit of cloth tape and stick over the top of the hole. <laughs> yeah, it should be right. I mean, Repco usually have, have a big selection of those sorts of things. Grommets and things, yeah. Yeah, I could roughly find out the size of it. Uh, you know, if I really needed to, I can fix that pretty easy. That There's no good. dramas with that. It's gonna get what you about the door it's seal? Like... That was another thing on that car, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I just got some double-sided tape and stuck it there. Oh, um, the door the door does have its own rubber seal as well. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So the door's got a rubber seal, and then so does the side of the chassis too. It's got a the rubber pillar. seal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like so it's almost done. almost done. Yeah, I don't feel there's really that much. You know, maybe maybe the... some suspension bushes or something, but... All you're missing now is upgrade injectors, you know, a turbo manifold, a turbo, you know, <laughs> a few other things, bits and bobs. <laughs> so that is naturally the next stage, right? Absolutely. That's how it's going to work. Um, what about the wheels, Scotty? Weren't weren't they whinging about the wheels or that the wheel nuts have been too long or something? Uh, they were whinging about that. Um, but I mean, it's safe, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I made it safer. That. I made it safer. I'd like to put <laughs> some stock rims back on that car. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's just put his typhoon back to stock rims. He's talking about the Mercedes going back to stock rims. Everything's going back, Scotty. Uh, I don't. I do have the stock wheels, but I don't have the hubcaps. That doesn't matter for a road wheel. You don't need the hubcap. Although, according to those bastards, you probably do. The wheel valve cap is missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely not going back to them. No, I would not. The, the muffler bearings and the indicator fluid was low. And, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Anyway, gentlemen, moving on, on to tonight's topic. Well, one of two topics we, we, which we've got to discuss. First of all is our favourite form of motorsport. Now, we're all, we're all automotive fans here, but, but not of, I've, I've come to realize that not all motoring enthusiasts are motorsport fans. And, and, and that's, and that's totally understandable. Like, you know, like some people just don't, just don't, don't like it. Some, some people do like it. Some people love it. Some people live and breathe it. Some people are more into motor racing than they are into cars in general. 
Uh, I got a few kids at school who know everything about F1, like like the teams, the managers, everything, but couldn't couldn't tell a Camry apart from a Mazda six. So <laughs> it's it, it's 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 interesting how that how that works. Now, favorite forms of motorsport. Now, David, you sent us a video earlier in, just just before the show this evening. Uh, and it was from Group A touring cars. It looked like. Um, uh, yeah, it was that. Uh, I, I yeah, when you sent around the subject, I thought, oh, it just took me straight back. My, I used to watch it all day when I was a kid, um, and it was the the Bathurst five hundred, and then obviously the Bathurst one thousand, various sponsors and the like. And I think I just love the, um, I love the epicness of that race. It, it was. Um, Early on, when there were different classes, now early, very early on, the classes were based on the the price of the car, actually, um, and then it changed to engine capacity and and um, and another calculation connected to that. Um, but I was just sort of thinking back, and uh, so it meant there were like five races in, in the course of the course of the day. There was you know class A, B, C, D, and E, or one, two, three, four, five, whatever, which depending on the year, and. Um, yeah, some of the incredible cars that sort of actually raced there on the, on the day. And back then there was this saying in the motor trade, um, race, I win on Sunday, sell on Monday, you know. And and that's why, you know, Tiranas and, and Falcons were so popular, as we've talked before on the podcast about through that those ages. But um, but it was the lower classes, you know, it was and, and watching some of the, uh, the footage I sent through was actually from the 79 or interview with Peter Williamson who was racing a Celica in 79 and um, it was just talking about when uh, um, the guys from Channel 7 came to him and talked about putting a camera in the car and that was actually the first in-car camera ever in motor racing. In the world, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And um, look at what we've got these days. I mean, we live and breathe it, but the footage from 79 is brilliant. He basically commentated the race from the car, you know, when it, from on the from from, from the get-go. And... Um, it was brilliant the way they actually um, the, from the, the helicopter shots they would have of the car, and you'd actually see you know Brocky passing him coming into Conrod straight, and then the camera in car footage was right there. You'd see Brocky passing passing him. It was really brilliant, and I can remember just being mesmerised by that. You know that was absolutely the most awesome thing I think I'd ever seen. Um, but then, but in the also in the in the footage, so you see all the back markers because obviously the Seekers weren't. Uh, up the front of the field, but I mean they were in amongst the the, the Gemini's and the Alpha GTVs and the, uh, at one stage he complains about that bloody Volvo, Robert French, uh, Robbie Francovic in the two four two GT that that he was campaigning. Um, so I I think you know the car obviously the cars were were modified to an extent to race, but it wasn't like a lot of motor racing today where. You know, there's a basic outline that resembles something, but underneath they're all pretty, you know, they're, they're just not a car that you can actually get in and, and drive. I've, I've enjoyed TCR coming back a little bit, which is, you know, a little bit more that way, although still obviously full-on, you know, race cars compared to what you can actually buy from the out of the box. TCR's um, great. TCR's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed looking back on, the, on those days. Formula One is, you know, to me, is really exotic and and um, uh, but it's it's pretty unattainable, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's pretty um, unattainable is the wrong word, I suppose. Um, not a lot of us can relate to it. Uh, we we see brands, but again, you know, unless you're absolute 
Formula One uh, addicted. The cars all look pretty much the same, you know. <laughs> they come in different colours and different bodies and stuff. But um, so that, that when you said the topic ground, that's what what I thought of. But of course, overriding all that, my favourite motorsport is club level motorsport, and I've been involved in a bit of that over the years. Um, and I think anyone who's into cars and should join a car club and have a go, and you, you get to you get to drive whatever you whatever you drive, run what you drive every day, and you can um, enter anything from motor carners through to um, sprints to um, regularity trials, all those sorts of things. The, the car club network is brilliant. So I'm just waving the flag for car clubs. You can get a CAMS license or a um, Oh, just slipped my mind. The other, the other organisation, AMS or something. I think AMSC, maybe. AMSC, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and and that's they're the overriding bodies that can supply a license for track work, Um, and that can be an awful lot of fun. Doesn't matter what you drive. I mean, whatever you you to go on a track, um, in whatever is a really fun experience. If you haven't tried it, you should do. Yeah, in a controlled, safe environment. It is a lot. It is a lot of fun. Uh, I remember even racing a Toyota Paseo uh, and just beating oh. out of that. And it was, it was it was so much fun. I I loved yeah. it. I got Absolutely. so much out of it too. It was it was, it was really fun. Beginning yeah. game back to what you were saying in like the seventies and, and and stuff. Like even though, like I've, I've seen footage of like I just love going back and watching like old race car footage and and like the cars are pretty much cars you can buy from the showroom just with a cage or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And you know, like the Camaros and the and, and the big the big three five one Falcons would be like flying down the straights, but cook their brakes. So the minis would, would like take them down the chase and uh, or or um or or down the down the mountain, you know, on all, all different parts. And then then as soon as they get to the straights, the Falcons and Com- and, and um, Commodores and, and yeah, Camaros and all that would go straight past. But it was it was great to watch. Like it was it was yeah, like, yeah. like I mean it was before my time, but I, I still I still go look on look on YouTube and just, and just spend hours just 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 sit there and be like, yeah. oh, that's it. So, There's a brilliant uh, documentary that was on the ABC, oh, probably 10 years ago now, but the, the DVD, it's probably available on YouTube somewhere, and I think it was called Wide Open Road, um, and it was uh, it was about motoring in Australia and, and the history of motoring in Australia, and there was a big section on racing and Bathurst, and they interviewed Fred Gibson and Christine Gibson, who were husband and wife, and he um, he was at Bathurst in a um, GTHO, and Christine was in a Mini. And um, they talked about, you know, they would pass on Conrod straight. The Mini would change lanes as as Fred drove past, and uh, it was it was nuts. It was it it was just fantastic hearing about that real grassroots sort of sort of go. But um, yeah, no, the, the bath the, those early years at Bathurst and the such a huge variety of of classes and and records and. Um, you know, factory Japanese work teams came out in Datsun 1200 coupes and things like that. It was it was brilliant. There were some factory Civic RSs in in um, entered as well. Um, but Mazdas, obviously, all the early rotary Mazdas RX3s, RX2s, RX3s were at Bathurst as well. So um, it was something for everybody. And I think I think a lot of that's that's missing in a lot of modern stuff. You know, with the class and as I said, the sameness and the similarities of of cars um just one other thing i'll mention about car the car club culture my one of my sons who's car obsessed i don't know where he gets it from you can actually get a cams license at 13 a lot of people don't realize that and um 
because it, uh, all the, the racetracks are private property, you, effectively the, your kids can drive on, on private property. Um, and he had a great time. He had a Honda City that I used to tow around and he motor-carned it and um, it ended up sprinting it at Sandown as well. He was quicker around Sandown than I was in it, which was a source of much frustration, but that's another story. Um probably didn't have the weight disadvantage i'm guessing that's probably it but i, I digress the um but what i wasn't prepared for was how good he would be as a driver when he finally got to the road like he could drive a car it wasn't about learning to drive a car and he was so used to that controlled environment where if you go off the track you know you run into the infield sort of thing you're not about to hit a woman pushing a pram or a pole or anything like that and he was hyper hyper aware of other people on the road that coming from the opposite direction sort of thing. Everyone's going in the same direction on a track. Um, and it, it, it definitely made him a better driver. And I think if that sort of involvement, Cam's toy, toyed around with it for a couple of years, as, um, and I've, I've got to say I should have had a look before tonight, but they did have a junior de driver development program where that they were pushing kids to get involved in at club level and, uh, and, and learn those car control skills and things before they ever got anywhere near the road and i think i think if we had more focus on that i think we'd have a lot less drama with um um yeah young kids being the highest represented in the road toll for sure absolutely scotty i know you're a big you're a big f1 fan but you're also a big motorsport fan. yes um where, yeah. where where do you I mean, motorsport for you, it's more of like, what, what do you like best and, and what do you enjoy watching? And, and, I, and I know you like watching just motorsport in general, but but where, where's your real passion lie? Yeah, I like this topic because there's so many different things that I like, different um, versions of motorsport I enjoy. So if I was to think about the first one is obviously Formula Ones. Um, I'm not sure what really drawn me to Formula Ones, but... It's definitely one of my passions. I enjoy watching it. I go every year when I can. Um, you know, I kind of stay up late unless it's in America or something where it's like four in the morning, then that's a no. <laughs> then I'll give that one a miss. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but maybe it's the drivers, some of the drivers' personalities and that. You know, Daniel Ricciardo, I like to watch um, Lando Norris as well. It's great to see McLaren coming up now, coming back. Yeah. And fighting for the titles. Um, I think it's the young ones that are coming through because I also like Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari. He's fantastic. Um, Max Verstappen. So all these young ones coming up are just fantastic drivers in these cars that, you know, and they're so young, yeah. early 20s. Yeah. And they're competing in just the epitome of, of motorsport and doing so well, taking it to all the veterans out there. Um, I think that's what really, really draws me to it. Absolutely. Um, I really enjoy the GT3s. Mm. So I like watching them. I think because of the variety, all different engine specs, you know, some of them have still got the V8s, some of them are running V10s. So I think it's the variety that I really, really enjoy in that. So when Bathurst has their 12-hour I usually like to watch that, but that's been cancelled for the past couple of years. Hopefully that makes a comeback next mm. year. Um, so I think what draws me to that is probably the variety for the GT3s. Um, when I can, usually it's live streamed, is the drifting events in Japan. 
Yeah. So Noriara usually does the commentary on those. So I enjoy watching that because it's not really high end or anything. It's not like the American version of the drifting, which I don't really like. Um, this is just a little bit more Japanese cars. They also have different divisions as well. So they have, oh, what's it called now? I think it used to be called the D1 Lights. It used to be called that. And that was for more, you know, everyday kind of people don't have a big workshop to go out there and get in, get involved in drifting too. Um, that's That was always awesome to watch. I like that because there was R31 getting around. Okay. I used to do the drifting in that, so that was fun to watch. 15. I think, what else do I like to watch? Uh, I've watched a few times because the great thing now with YouTube is a lot of these races that we wouldn't be able to watch are actually live streamed or you can replay and watch them on YouTube now. Um, so you've got the Japanese Super GT race car, so I can watch that. Um, that's on YouTube. So I think, I think it was the Nissan page used to have that, so I used to watch that. The Goodwood Festival, I like to watch that. Yeah. So that's always live streamed well and you can go back and watch a whole bunch of that um i also like the whole um time attack challenge as well that comes out at sydney mm -hmm. so i like to watch that the world time attack challenge just to watch the crazy things people do aero for aerodynamics to um you know you just you're chasing tenths such yeah. small amount and just yeah. the way they're driving it's just it's fantastic to watch i really enjoy that too I think that's about it. I don't mind a bit of drag racing, but not really the top fuel cars. I prefer just to kind of amateur, you know, Calder Park kind of thing. <laughs> Go down and kind of watch that. Um, I used to be very big in the V8 supercars, not as much anymore. Kind of dropped out of it. It's not, I don't know, just doesn't really draw me in. I will watch it. I think it's next year when they've got mm. the new cars, so the Camaro will come in and everything yeah. and, if it changes there, I'll probably watch it and see how it goes. I can't remember if there was a team thinking of joining. There is one in Formula Ones, I think. Ooh, no, I'll double check. I won't say who I think. I'll double check that on Formula One. There's a team that's wanting to come on in and join in, but I'll double check who it was. I don't want to say who it was and get it completely wrong. I got an idea, but I'll double check that. I'll get back to you on that. Good. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of for now with motorsport, but... Yeah, I like a huge variety. Riz, motorsport for you, man. I, I know you're you're one with uh, your brother drifting EB Falcons and well, sorry, ED Falcons into 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 trees. Into trees. <laughs> now, you know that's uh, that's where my passion actually really started around <laughs> drifting, and then from there, obviously, I don't know if this is allowed or not, Maddie. But since we're talking about motorsport, there is nothing that that sings to me more than toge drifting on mount mountains of japan illegal street racing if you know what i'm it's saying actually, it's actually like some of the video footage is, is incredible that's some of the stuff they get like the, the footage is nuts uh, that's right and and you know initially inspired i love that sort of mountain racing which a lot of it is illegal and that brings me to um one of my i guess two favorite sort of motor races and it's not really sort of v8 supercars in australia it's v8 supercars on the gold coast track 
because that is the way that, you know, spending a bit of time on the Gold Coast and seeing how they do it every year up there where normal streets are turned into racetrack and how close you can be to the cars, basically a concrete barrier between you and a little, uh, you know, a little fence that you can see through. Um, it's one of the best experiences that I've ever had with motorsport. Um, and I guess back in the day, and many of you may not know this, my favorite motorsport of all times used to be MotoGP. And I just haven't had a chance to see it over the last couple of years, but I was a big fan of, um, motorcycles about 10 odd years ago. And, um, yeah, loved the MotoGP sort of series and all the things that, uh, Valentino Rossi and the guys used to do crazy, crazy people, but um, I'm, they know how to put on a show. And, and I've generally stayed away from Formula One purely because, you know, being from the hood, we, we know we're, we're never going to be able to get to any of those uh, elite races. <laughs> um, so the closest thing that, uh, you know, we would get to is probably go-karts. So, um, yeah, just just basically V8 supercars on the Gold Coast is sort of the ideal motor race for 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 me, my man. For me, I think I would best be described as, as you said, somebody that's really you know quite into cars, but doesn't necessarily find the whole motorsport thing as riveting. Like if there's something on, whether it's a Formula One race or V8 supercars or something, and I'm present, I will actually sit down and have a bit of a watch. But um, I don't know. Uh, I think part of what David said really resonated with me where there's the unattainable aspect of it that kind of, I'm probably not going to ever get a chance to get you know into a car like this that's designed with such high you know track-oriented technology you know, with millions of dollars behind me to do these sorts of things. Um, that kind of, I don't know, maybe that ruins the appeal a little bit for me. Whereas... I was, I was starting to think about it. I'm like, something like um, the 24 Hours of Lemons. Yeah. That's something that, like, you know, yes, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get a, a huge prize out of it. But given that the rule is the car should only cost $500, that's definitely something that most people can get into. And we've actually floated the idea mm. of uh, doing a, a Lemons team. You know what we should have done? <sighs> so, again, most of you guys missed... Uh, the Sunday kickback, but during the Sunday kickback, Patrick, good friend of the show, uh, threw down a $700 Mitsubishi Mirage um, as uh, his car of the week. And we all ended up voting for it unanimously because, <laughs> um, but it was located in Sale, Victoria. And because Patrick was adamant that this car was, it said runs and drives. <laughs> I threw down the gauntlet. I said, $1,000 on the table, go buy the car and I'll pay for it. And the rest of the money for your troubles. I was adamant that the car probably wouldn't reach home. So uh, <laughs> if, if that was the case, Patrick was, or, and Matty J were on the hook for the car. But yeah. if it did reach home, then yeah, I would pay for the car the $700 and the remainder was just cash, you know, for petrol and, you know, their, their time wastage. <laughs> and I reckon we really, you should really should have gone to get it on Monday. Because that could have been our lemons car. Could have been. It's still for sale, I think. Is so, it? We yeah. might still go check it out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Ed would be down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something, something like the twenty-four hours of lemons, or as you uh, also mentioned, David, um, just kind of club, club style events, club style racing. 
that is something that kind of again it's attainable you race what you bring yeah um hopefully there's some blob on the track because you're gonna need to ride home well you got to drive it home too that's and that's the thing that always um you know was always in the back of my mind and yeah i, I always drove home as well i was had a great time loved every minute of it and it, but still managed to drive home so yeah. i remember a guy i used to race against had a sticker on his dashboard remember don't be a dickhead you need to drive this thing home <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that always resonated with me when I saw that. I remember seeing we were in scrutineering and then um, I was just having a sus through the, the paddock and, and, and seeing what was there. And there, was, uh, there was a Hyundai XL in the Nugget Nationals and that was a sticker on the, on the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like so good. So <laughs> mad respect, mad respect. Mr. Yeah. Bunting. Oh, sorry, uh, Alan. Um, no, yeah. go right ahead. I'm one of those uh, one of those people that really doesn't care much for motorsport. Love cars, don't care much for motorsport. However, um, I started watching Drive to Survive a couple of lockdowns ago, and I did get quite into the Formula One from that show because it, it, you know, Formula One on its own for me was a bit dry and a bit repetitive and a bit boring. But show me all that behind the scenes stuff and the characters and the team managers, and now I'm interested. You know, that was um. And you see a more far more real side to the drivers. They're not just some celebrity in a magazine or on television. They're, they're you know, you see their struggles behind the scenes and they're, they're, some of the candid pieces to camera, particularly with like Daniel uh, Ricardo and stuff, were, were very very funny. So I um I got on board with Formula One because of that. But I can't say that I'm obsessed. I've got guys I work with who have a, a little channel at work and all they chat about is Formula One during the day and that channel here and there and. For me, I'm like, eh, there's other things I'd rather be doing. Um, in terms of other motorsport, um, I quite liked, yeah, the Bathurst. I quite like particularly the historic racing. If I was to sit down and watch something, I'd rather see minis and old Fairlanes and Mustangs racing than, than modern stuff. I find that more interesting. Um, and I didn't mind as part of the um, Grand Prix, they used to have the, the one make, you know, celebrity race. And yeah. I really enjoyed that because, A, you sort of knew who was in what car and that was kind of fun to watch. And, um, B, I love that evenness of that playing field. Like, you are all in the exact same car. So yep, it comes, absolutely. It comes down to the driving. That's more interesting to me if you were going to watch something like that, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, motorsport, oh, and rallying, you know, I could, I could get into watching a bit of rallying, you know. I think the way they drift the cars and fly over and get air over bumps and... You know, it's quite amazing to watch a good rally driver in action. I always think with rallying too, from outside, you know, seeing the car from the from outside, you know, it looks actually pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty artistic and pretty yeah. flowing and pretty yeah. smooth. Yeah. And from inside, it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never been one much for heaps of screen time. You know, if there's a Formula One race on, I'd rather be outside doing something to my own car or achieving something rather than just sitting there glued to the box. I will agree with you uh, on a few of those points, Mr. Bunting. I, for, like, I mean, for myself, I am, uh, ever since I can remember, I've been into motorsport and I think it was my, I mean, I have to probably have to blame my uncles in particular because they're just, they're just, you know, car nuts. But um, <laughs> the, the Formula One was always, was, was always big for me, but also like, like the, you know, the, the V8 supercar series and, and, and and stuff like that like especially um coming from like my uncles who were, who were quite ford heavy uh you know it was always a, it was always a big event you know like a big, it was a big family event like oh, i remember i remember for years like they would hang up the phone if like you know marcus ambrose was uh 
was um trying, <laughs> trying to get the the AU XR8 on 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 onto pole uh, for, for the for the for the big race, but um yeah. to pole. Yeah, I, but you know it was it was always it was it was always good good watching and but I I, um, I remember in, in primary school like I, I was just obsessed with Formula One and and the and the drivers and uh, I was I was a bit of a um, Mika Hakkinen kind of guy because I, I I always thought he was he always had smoother lines than than, than Schumacher but that but um but Schumacher was just a ruthless um, incredible driver so I always had to give respect respect to him and. Uh, I always had that kind of rubble with, with some of my friends because they were just Ferrari this, Ferrari that. But but then I um I I, I was I got uh, I, I saw these I saw these cars jumping scanty flicks around corners on, on on dirt and I became obsessed with WRC. Like I would l- religiously watch it. Like it was I, I kind of pushed everything to the side to watch WRC. And I've gotten back into it over the last couple of years. And 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 this year in particular, I'm going to keep keep a real keen eye on it. It's just fantastic. Like it's just brilliant to watch. Like these, like I and I've said it on the show before, and I'll, I'll say it again. the The skill that rally drivers have, I just think, I just in, in, they're insane. They're actually they're they're actually oh, cool. yeah, they're exactly right. There is they're, they're hardcore. They 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 are like you know just in a, in a, in a way you got to be stupid to do it because like they just they just that nuts. Um, and I, I always put like I always say Kimi Raikkonen and, and and Robert Kubica always uh, like uh, I think I have so much respect for them as Formula One drivers because they they went to WRC they actually they actually competed in after they've started their Formula One careers to 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 experience it and, and had had some success in their own right but like um, just the level of skill and the um, and the instant you know, like you know, I mean one mistake on a racetrack you you're you're in the gravel trap you you'd be okay. One, mis- one mistake on a on a on a spe- on a rally special stage, you, you're in a tree. You know, like this, there's there's just those. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the it's it's that kind of their kind of impact. And, and I guess I kind of always liked rally cars because they always they still kind of for the most part until on top of it, the last ten or so years really looked like the car you could buy. Like you could buy a Mitsubishi Evo, you could buy a WRX. Like I, I was I was obsessed with it during the Colin McRae, you know, uh, Tommy Mack era, um, Celica GT4s. Delta Integrales, you know, uh, Escort RS Cosworths, you know, th- th- these were the cars that I and I still love. Them. Like every time I see one today, I, I, I you know, fangirl really hard over because like I just I just go, oh my god, it's a it's a you know, it's a Delta Integral. <laughs> you know, I, I just I, I I freak the hell out because it's 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 something that 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 I you know I resonate so strongly with because they just they just for me it was, you know in, incredible homologation cars and. And I really like racing that's got homologation cars because because it, it means that you could potentially get something of that. And this is the, probably a reason why I like the Yaris GR so much because it's yeah it was specifically made to go rallying, but the rules changed and and, and a whole bunch of other things. And then now they're not going to use it. Um, so I, I I find for myself just just rallies incredible. But I but I, I love circuit racing and, and and I love club racing and and I love. Um, and I actually really want to get back in back into some some motorsport uh, at, at some point this year, or just just, just do it like a like a motor car or, or or something like that. Um, I think that'd be a ton of fun because I haven't really done much motorsport in the last in the last probably two or three years. I remember the first time I hit the track, I <laughs> embarrassingly my first ever lap on on uh, at Winton. Um, it's my first ever time on a racetrack. <laughs> you guys are probably gonna piss yourself laughing when I want to tell you this, but the first corner coming up with a straight, I put my indicator on to turn right. 
Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, man, I'm on a racetrack. I don't need to do that. So I don't do it at all. That's cute. Uh, I, was, I was like, oh, God, what am I doing? You know, it, was, it, was, it was weird because like, I, I went with Anthony and, and his brother um, and, and we, we shared a race car together and uh, race car, a, a street Paseo, which, which was what it was really. Um, but but they, for their first two runs, they had, an, they had like an instructor with them and, and then I, and then like, I was like, oh, oh, they're like, okay, Matt, your turn. I'm like, okay, what's my story? They're like, oh, we're not, there's no more instructor runs. You have to just go out and make a time. I'm like, oh, cool. thanks, man. Like, this is, this yeah. is, this is fantastic. <laughs> so I had to kind of figure it out and, and, you know, putting the indicator on and um, coming back to the pits and hearing Anthony and his brother just pissing themselves laughing. I mean, just say, well, we want you to put your indicator on to turn right at the first quarter. I, I was like, you, you know, just being considerate of the other cars on the track, Matty. <laughs> Uh, not, no, was, not, the, not the first and you won't be the last that's for sure no, that, that definitely not i mean I even, I even went drag racing once i went to quarter park and and um completely overshot the the stage light because i would never done it before i was just like and the guy's like <laughs> he, he, i was like mate you gotta go way back i'm like oh my god i don't know what i'm doing were you doing that um the laser <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the laser versus astro right Laser versus the Astro. So, so a good friend of the show, Adam, uh, he had an Astro SRI and, and I obviously had the laser and, and all of, all the boys would always be like, oh, who, who's got the fastest nugget? So we're like, why don't we actually, you know, put our, put our money where our mouths are and actually go to, go to quarter park for you. It was, it was like 60 bucks. We got like four or five runs in that night. Um, Sweet. It was fun. It was fun. I mean, the laser third gear, I didn't really like it and it was kind of broken afterwards. Um, but <laughs> Apart from that, it was it, it was it was so much fun. So I definitely would would do that again. But yeah, motorsports uh, really really good fun. Rizzy Ross, we, you've got to go, don't you? Yeah, my man. It was thanks for having me on. Uh, and you know, I wasn't flexing or anything in the beginning. I was just trying to make sure I don't miss the podcast two weeks in a row. And for those of you, just on a on a little note that I'll I guess end my little session here. Last week, I went up to Queensland, and this is very car-related thing. As Matty J, even though Matty J's experience of an MG ZS was not great, your main, your main homeboy here tried nearly 30 car hire companies, and I couldn't get a car. Are you serious? There is no cars available. And there was one, when I landed on the Gold Coast Airport, and no, it wasn't for a holiday, when I landed there, I... There's one company, I think it was, I think it was budget or something or six, one of them. They're the only ones that had a car and they wanted to charge me $450 a day for a people mover, for a people mover, because that's all they had left. And now reading some of the stories, it seems that there's about 30,000 cars that were flood damaged in New South Wales and and Queensland. So a lot of, a lot of those flood damaged cars um, will be, up on the market um, or may or may not be, but if they do, we just have to be careful for purchasing them from Northern New South Wales or Southeast Queensland. So just a bit of a car talk top tip from, uh, from someone that was unable to get a car because obviously they know that I don't have the VIP status that the main man, Matty J does when he goes out to different States. <laughs> getting the MGZS, you know, getting upgrades, man. You, you, you know how we do on the show. I think what you should have done, Rizzi, is take the, the people mover for the 450 and then earn that money back Ubering in the Queensland while you're there. <laughs> you know, make the car, the people mover work for you. 
I could have done that, and I do know areas. <laughs> thanks, gentlemen, for having me on. Thanks, Rizzy. We'll talk to you soon, mate. We'll talk to you soon. See you, guys. Thanks. See you, Riz. But, but getting back to, to motorsport, it's fun. Get into it. And it's interesting to see where you, where you, go, where you guys are, uh, are sitting. All right, Last new plan. We're going to buy an AU Falcon, put a T5 in it, weld the diff, and go drifting. Yeah. Everyone's doing that. it. It's the internet meme now. Let's let's do it. <laughs> that, that's what everybody's doing at this point. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're <laughs> on the, the bandwagon. Uh, I thought we'd finish tonight on uh, before the quiz, obviously, Mr. Bunting, because I don't, I don't, I don't know with some what would you rather's now. Speaking of rallying and speaking of of uh, of you know performance and, and and motorsport, I thought we'd start off with some Group A rally legends. Uh, what would you pick as a homologation car to own? Um, and I'm going to ask you the question of today, uh, what, would you, what would you have today? What would you have had brand new? So some of the, obviously, the gems from that era, the Lancia Delta Integrale Evo 2, uh, Celica GT4 205, uh, Subaru WRX GC8, Mitsubishi Evo 5, or sorry, Mitsubishi Evo 6, uh, Escort RS Cosworth, or the Nissan Pulsar GTIR were all in that early 90s to, to late 90s kind of uh world rally contention they were pretty much cars you could buy obviously a bit more performance added to them but pretty much the same the same car what would you have bought then and what would you have buy today what were they again can you run them through me quickly delta integrale silica gt4 wx uh you can wx gc8 series wrx lancer evo 6 escort rs cosworth and a pulsar gtir all right escorts out lancia's out Either the Celica, the Evo 6. I never liked the look of the Pulsar. I thought they looked a bit like Darth Vader. I reckon <laughs> for me, it's probably going to be the Celica GT4. Ooh, okay. Then and now. Both. Okay. All right. Two votes. Oh, dang. Yep. Scott and I thought of it before you did. Oh. Do you like my process of elimination? I did, I did. <laughs> Mr. Prince. Yeah, no, two votes. I'd do the same as Ed. Although I've got to say, I do love a bit of in Integrale. I mean, I love the fact they looked like basically a Chimera hatchback and then, you know, like, you know, went on to be the legend that they were. It's the most successful um, car of all time, uh, like, you know, of all time, I think. From from all accounts, so yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kick one of those out of the garage. Now, that's probably worth a bit more than the uh, Celica now, but the Celica would still be starting every time you turn the key. So <laughs> there is that. I'm a practical man. <laughs> so so double double Celica GT4. Uh, say um say into back in the day, and then I'll go Celica GT4 now because Ooh. yeah, hmm. Scotty. Um, I think then it'll be a toss between the WRX and the Evo. Mm. I just like the crazy rally shapes of them back then. And then I was thinking now it would have to be the Celica. And I Why? think uh, I think it's the story behind it all. Their way of sneakily trying to cheat during the whole rally. I think that's the whole thing that <laughs> really draws me to it of what they tried to do. Um, during that time, and uh, and they're not they're not alone. There was a lot of shifty things happening all the time, and 80. I think that's what really draws me to it is the story behind it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Alan, back in the day, being a Subaru man, you know, 
I'm going to probably go for the Subaru, but just I'm having to agree. The GT4, it is just if there was some screen sharing available, I would have shared my screen. uh, Like, especially from Gran Turismo, (laughs) the GT4 with the Castrol livery, just it's so iconic. Yeah. It's hard to beat. Hard to beat. Like, it's just so nostalgic for me. Yeah. Four GT4 votes for now. That's incredible. Like I, I was expecting, I was expecting uh, Scotty to be all SR twenty boy and go, you know, GDIR. I was expecting Alan to be WRX. Uh, you know, uh, uh, hands down. So how are you going to beat that? Yeah, good yeah, looking car. I mean, we it, can also it is, see the GC right in front. It is yeah, really how? How? what that car is is Cigarelli like to the max, isn't it? Like, like yep. that was the Cigarelli car. And Grand Turismo yeah. one. Yeah, true, true. So that, that's, that's pretty sick, actually. That, that is a cool-looking car. Okay, so for back then, what would I have? I will probably would have said the Escort Cosy because it's like a, you know, bit of a bit of a, a bit of an underdog in terms of that range of car. But I would, uh, I'd probably have the Evo these days. I would have the Evo 6. There you go. I would happily have... Yeah, can't go wrong with the Evo. Yeah, I mean, Edwards had one. Uh, I, I would say, am I the only person here to have owned one of these rally cars? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> How many kilometers did you drive it in? Oh, like 50, maybe. <laughs> oh, really? That many? <laughs> yeah, not, not, yeah, no. I had a newer variation. I had the Evo 8. Hey, I had a GD8RX. That was really cool. We're in, lock, we're in lockdown, David. I bought it and true, true. I literally bought it, locked it in the garage, and went into three months of lockdown and locked it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. literally. Yeah, true. and it was locked down, not where I was, so I couldn't even enjoy it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so getting back to that, everybody was pretty much GT4 except me. Like I, I love the GT4, but I, I like the previous shape a bit more than than the last than the last uh, than the last one. But I do love the story, as you said, Scotty. Like the uh, the cheat was that good. Even the FIA were like, were like this it's genius. Like we 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 kind of commend you, but we're gonna disqualify you anyway. But we'll commend you for it because it was that good. <laughs> Next one is cheap 90s, early 90s sports coupes, like the real small cheap ones. So you've got your Nissan NX, Toyota Paseo, Hyundai S Coupe, and Unos 30X. Where are you going and why? Now, the only car to offer a turbo in those in those lists was the guess what? Hyundai. So you could get the Hyundai as a turbo. So it, it had a snail on the side of it, but in terms of it was pretty much a Hyundai XL underneath, which which to be fair is quite a stout thing, just not a great thing. Um, but which one are you going for then and now? So with your with your hard-earned cash delivery dues, what are you going for? So we've got NX, Paseo, S Coupe, and 30X. All right. The S Coupe's out. Fuck it, a pass. <laughs> the NX is out. Not a bad car, but pretty boring. Then you've got the um, the Paseo. The Paseo I like because it's based on a Starlet, I believe. And mm-hmm. I had a Starlet. I do like that for being Mr. Practical. But there is an allure to the little baby V6 in the Unos 30X, um, like a little sewing machine that liked to rev. And it was a very stylish car and quite a well-built car. Yes. So I think my money then and now would be going to Unos 30X. 
Mm. Ooh. Mr. David Prince. Um, I never drove an S Coupe. I've driven an NX. It was all right, but not a pretty car, you'd have to say, on, on any level, sadly. Paseo, I, I know someone who still has a Paseo that they bought as a demonstrator from uh, Ken Morgan Toyota um, and it's done 400,000 Ks and still drives quite respectably. But I think I've got to go again with the old Mr. Bunting. The 30X, I remember driving those new and that was silky, silky smooth. Mm-hmm. Sunroof, and I'm a sucker for a sunroof. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, lovely gearbox, lovely sporty little coupe. Mm. So I want to go 30X. Sure. No, no, no. Two votes. Good luck finding parts for it, though. That's yeah, nice. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whereas the Paseo, you can still find anything you need probably pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, uh, it's going to sound pretty boring, but I tend to agree with the past two. Oof. Mm. I am yeah. setting I... the tone tonight, Matthew. Well, I'm going to ask you last for the next one. You know what it reminds me of because it's got the little V6. It's like the, um, well, the newer versions, I guess, not new, but the FTO, FTO. with their yeah. little yeah. V6, streaming V6. I love that. That's yeah. kind of what draws me to it. Absolutely. I reckon they're a cool little car. Alan? I was going to say, Ed, you can take your tone and throw it out the window because <gasps> um, I'm disagreeing. Can I just say all these cars stink? Um, <laughs> Not a looker amongst them. Um, just you know, compromises were made if you're buying that car, and then they were, you know, I'm just going to give it to the NX. That being said, I really didn't like any of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> NX new and now, or just yeah, NX- yeah, for both times. Okay. Only because there was an SR20 in there somewhere. Correct. Well. I have driven an NX and a Paseo. I drove, I drove a Paseo quite extensively and beat the crap out of it. But the the issue with the Paseo was when it was new was it was pretty much the same money as a TX3 Turbo. They weren't a cheap car. They were actually very expensive. And you got virtually no performance. And handling-wise, like stock, they're pretty atrocious. They're not, they're, they, they rolled like, like really bad the nx felt a lot more planted but i just couldn't do the looks i do like t-tops and i like the back of it i just don't like the front it kind of it kind of just looks like it's um i don't know know. it looks like it's been kicked in the face and it's like its eyes are pushed so far back into its nose it doesn't know when it doesn't see anything so the hyundai i yeah probably not the 30x v6 bit of fun reminds you of an fto uh as, as, as you were saying scotty so i'm gonna be 30x for both well, let's see. There you go. Two more to go uh, before we get into the quiz. A small super mini hot hatch from the early 2000s. Now, there were a few of these. Do you remember? Do you guys remember the Holden Barina SRI? Yeah. That was a that yeah, was a fun little car. The Ford Fiesta XR4, the Toyota Echo Sportivo 1.5, and the Renault Clio Sport, all in the same super mini, inverted commas, that size, uh, all a performance variant. All quite nifty and powerful, all good little handlers. Where is your hard-earned dosh going new and now? Sorry, could we run through the cars for one more time? Toyota Echo Sportivo 1.5, Ford Fiesta XR4, Renault uh, Clio Sport, and a Holden Barina SRI. Now, I believe the XR4 and the Clio had two liters. The Barina had a 1.8, I think, from memory. 
Uh, I, I'm probably going to be wrong with that. Sounds and, stupid. Uh, well, I know they ha- I'm pretty sure they had the Astra motor in in the smaller car. Uh, I should. Uh, okay. All right, I'll kick this one off. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Because you, you said you said you said. said okay. Okay. So um, we're going to go with. Uh, we're supposed to go from the bottom up this time for almost green. Alan. <laughs> I'm not very familiar with most of these cars, but I'll give it to the XR4 Ooh, okay. because I do have a soft spot for Fords. And that's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a one point eight liter, so it had the one the one point eight out of the out of the uh, TS. Yes. No, I thought we were green. It was a two liter. Yes, no, scammer. No, no, no. The XR four is a two liter. Um, okay. But yeah. I was just going back to the uh, to the, um, the little little Barina. Yeah. So, no, Barina so- looks like ass. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the, Jeez, the X- that, was, that one was carry of the year. Thank you very much. Well, they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, would you go the, the Fiesta now and new, or would you go uh, something different? Yeah, I'd probably give it for now and new. Okay. Scott? So, it's not the Renault Clio V8, uh, V6? <laughs> no, it's not the Renault Clio. You um, wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be, uh, be the instant winner. I would have picked that one. <laughs> uh, I'd have to go the X up four. Okay. For then and now. Um, I remember quite a while ago seeing a review on that and it reviewed really, really well. So I reckon it'll be a great fun car to drive. Mr. Prince. Well, interestingly, I agree. I would have gone XR4 new because I do love a bit of a stripe and they had looked very cool with the stripe kit. They did. And they looked pretty small and tough. That was that was the cool thing about them and obviously went pretty well, XR4. Um, and then I'd probably become Mr. Comfortable again and get into an Echo Sportivo because the 1.5 in the three-door body worked pretty well. Um yeah, put some better wheels on it. The wheels were pretty horrible on them, but but a little body kit and Echoes was, were good cars to drive. They were a really, um, really good platform, and and the Sportivo only, you know, tickled it up a little bit even better. So yeah, I'd go XR4 and Sportivo now. The Sportivos were like when I was racing the Nugget Nationals. Um, they were still, they were the one of the quickest cars there. They were yep. they, they were fantastic. Um, yeah, really good chassis, cool little body kit. Um, yeah, r- really like them. Really yeah. cool. Mr. Bunting. Back then, you could have tempted me with the Renault product because they are mm. fun, fun to drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, still are now, but they just fall apart and the plastics all snap and they're all a bit horrible. So <laughs> back then, Renault, now Sportivo. Mm. I'm with you, Mr. Prince. I think XR4 new. Um, and I would probably go Sportivo now. Oh, just no, so you, you'd go the Ford. No, 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 no. I, no, I would because I, I actually want to. I actually want to race Nugget Nationals, and the Ford wouldn't. The, the Ford wouldn't work because it's a two liter. So, however, having said that, I know people that have had both. Reed actually used to own an XR4 uh, from from, from and he he reckoned it was a great little car. He, he, he used to get beaten the crap out of Sportivo or not. The Echo so emasculating. <laughs> <laughs> However, it is a fun car, and I, I've got I've got nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and the last one, 
is the luxury uh, luxury sedans of the 90s but under under let's say eighty thousand dollars uh you didn't really have much of much of a choice um for in terms of large largish sedan you you had the honda legend you had the toyota crescita grande you had the mazda 929 you had the vp calais and the ed fairmont gear um where is your hard-earned cash going now to be fair we're looking at top specs of each of these models so uh so with top specs you got the uh bbs and the v8 with the the um the fairmont gear you got the the leather with the calais you got the 929 with everything which pretty much came with any with everything Crescita with the grande being the top top spec and the honda legend you know in a four-door obviously because this is the this is the large sedan category now no surprise where david prince is going to go but we'll ask you we'll ask you anyway mr prince then and now then and now still the, the so I, I presume we're talking mid 90s uh four door 3.2 liter correct yes yeah 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 well that that car the build quality of that car was just so far ahead of any of the other four absolutely uh, i agree it was uh certainly then and yeah now now no argument at all Very nice. i know predictable i know <laughs> Mr. Bunting, where are you going? Uh, what were they again? Just run me through them. ED Fairmont Gear, VP Calais, Mazda 929, Toyota Crescita Grande, and Honda Legend. ED Fairmont Gear. Even though I'm a Falcon guy, no. Uh, <laughs> Calais, no. Uh, 929, bit of an orphan, kind of nice, but no. Toyota Crescita Grande, very good. And what was the other one? Legend. Honda Legend. Honda Legend. <laughs> Mm, 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 it's down to the legend or the grande. I probably would have gone the grande new, and I'd probably go the legend now. Mm. The grande was an interesting car because it was the car that um, Toyota uh, perfected Lexus on. Basically, Correct. they they built that uh, late eighties, early nineties Crescita uh, to the two, and it's basically a Lexus. Uh, in build quality and everything, they actually that was the car they practiced and got it right on before the LS four hundred was released. So and they were a good driver, really. They were a good driver, driver. beautifully they were built too. Nice. But still, not I don't think as good as a uh, well built as the Legend. Legend. Uh, oh, so the Crusader Grande, what engine was that? That was a seven M. Seven M, not the one J. No, not the one J. No, 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 not here. No. Uh, well, in hopes of being able to swap it for a one chair, <laughs> you know, especially nowadays. If you're doing it, especially yep. nowadays, I would probably go the Crusader. I yep. think just uh, the nice, you know, uh, lovely large Japanese sedan. Um, I'm not voting for the Australian ones. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Um, that's the nine two nine. I feel I that was a good-looking car. I, I still think it is a good-looking car. So uh, which one are you thinking of, Maddie? Are you thinking of the four-wheel steered Jag bodied one? Jag, correct. Well, Jag look like they call yeah, it. Yeah, like the uh, all the, of Howard Sunroof. Not, correct. Yeah, ninety-one or two onwards. I think it was. Yeah. 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 Oh, that one looks like ass. If it was the uh, the ninety-five onwards, I'd go for it. But <laughs> in that case, I'm going Crusader both times. Okay. Mm. Scott. Got a Honda hater in our midst. Okay. Mm. 
<laughs> Not really any love for the Aussie cars. I'd be pretty close with the VP Calais, but I'd probably, if it was an SS, I'd go for that VP SS. That would be now. Um, Calais, not so much. Um, then I would probably go with the Legend. Now I'd go with the Cressida. Mm. As long as it's had its head gasket done. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I'm used to living life on the edge. I got a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, actually, actually, which generation of um, legends are we talking? The ninety one, nineteen ninety, or ninety five? Ninety five. Ninety five. Or actually, for them, I'll give it a legend. Oh, for them. But it's the ludicrous. Like, it's the, the ludicrous mobile. That's what ludicrous drives. For, for for brand new, but in today's day and age, I definitely take the Crusader. I I would be going Crusader new. Rear-wheel drive, they're actually quite nice to drive. They're, they're a beautiful thing. Um, then I would have had the head bolts properly talked, uh, properly talked down because that, that was the main issue with them blowing head gaskets. And I would still have it today. I would have the 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 Crusader Grande. I I, I quite I've got a got a bit of soft spot for them. They're they're a bit they're a bit of a uh, um, you know my my nan had one of those you know kind of car and 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 for that they always kind of kind of resonated with me, but. The legend is a close second. I think you need parts from Japan from the Cresta, can't you? You can't. Yeah, it's all interchangeable. Yeah. That that whole chassis is interchangeable. Yeah. yeah. So so you can make it look a little bit more JDM if that's your wish. If that's your if that's your if that floats your boat. Um. To be fair though, that generation yeah. of Honda Legend was pretty awesome. Um, it had a. Uh, was it was a longitudinal mounted V6, but it was still front wheel drive. And it always kind of confused me as to why they just didn't make that rear wheel drive. Do you know? Do you know why, David? They didn't make that rear wheel drive? Um, they had form that <laughs> they didn't like rear wheel drive cars. <laughs> yes, two thousand was the first rear wheel drive car since the um, uh, oh the NS, NSX. Uh, NSX. Well, the NSX was rear wheel drive. Yeah. Since the S six hundred, S eight hundred. Yeah. So yeah, their their focus was on that. Of course, the the later legends had um, were all wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't answer that question mm. definitively. Like it was pretty much like, like I remember looking at one like like the first time I saw one years ago, and I, and it was actually a, it was actually a, my mechanics. He, he was he was doing a service on it. Beautiful car, really nicely put together. I always remember the leather in in Hondas are always nice. And um and I opened the bonnet. I'm like, is this real drive? He's like he's like nah. He's, he put it up because it was it was sitting on the hoist just low, and he was he wanted to lift it up. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what? Yeah. This is, it makes no sense. It's like um, some of the engineers really wanted to be at rear-wheel drive, and the others are no, not no, no rear-wheel drive. They had a punch on, so that's that. That was their um. That's right. That's their compromise. That, that was the that compromise. Was compromise yeah. It's like the the Mitsubishi Proudia, where they it not only came in a V6, there was also a V8 yeah. again, longitudinal, <laughs> and then front-wheel drive. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Oh, if you already got that much effort, just put the drive shaft. Let's just make it real drive, uh, and everybody's happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, car talk, fun fact: the leather in them actually, I think it was a uh, definitely around that time, actually mid nineties, uh, came from Howe in Brunswick. Oh, what? Really? Yeah, it was Australian leather. Yeah, yeah. 
And that, and that was the same leather that went all around the world. Um, well, yeah, for, for the Japanese-built cars. I mean, yeah. they built, I'm not sure about the American, the Acuras, yeah. um, but the uh, certainly all the Japanese-built cars had uh, Australian leather. Mm. Okay. So um, car talk top tip. If you want any of these cars, you're going to be buying a Unos 30X, a uh, Corolla, sorry, um, an Echo Sportivo, or, or so this is today, a, a Echo Sportivo, uh, Honda Legend, and uh, Sleeker GT4. That is our, that, that is not a bad lineup. Quite a, quite a garage right there. Quite a garage right there. Um, I believe it is car talk, car quiz time. All Just right. The- Strap yourselves in because because I'm not getting any of these. <laughs> Can I just say I listened to last week's podcast that I couldn't be a part of, uh, and screaming at the radio in the car today. I would have blitzed last week. <laughs> goodness I sake! I can't remember any questions from last week. 2002 BMW. For goodness sake, you all oh, flying yeah. around and 2002. Yeah, oh, I had that at hello. <laughs> Not my era. Not my era. Now tonight, what happens when Matt asks you half an hour before the show, Ed? Can you do the quiz? Uh, <laughs> I asked you. I asked you just past five because I, I got caught up in the. In All a right, one hour days. before the show or something. I, like, I, what also, half, I was busy doing other things. <laughs> anyway, fighting you two. Stop it. Stop it. I had <laughs> You know when you know when a murderer kills someone. <laughs> And they have to dispose of the body. What do they do? They usually dump it somewhere they know. You know, mm. it's usually somewhere familiar to them. Mm. So I said, "All right, Ed, you don't have a lot of time here. You got to write the quiz. You do what you know." So tonight's quiz is all about the mini moke. <laughs> Question, Matthew, can you keep score, please? As per I've already got it ready to Question go. Question one. The last year of Mini Moke production in Australia was? David. Yes, David. 1981. Correct. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I just, can I just, can I just say, David, you, you, can, you may as well have the win by default at this point. Like, I don't think any of us are going to get it. <laughs> well, you know what? I thought that and then I thought it's a learning experience. all about learning. So you're yeah, going to yeah, 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 you're going to yeah. go to bed tonight with some facts about mini mokes that you didn't know before. Eighty-one. Facts that I didn't anything. want to know either. Alan, <laughs> you show some respect. Whether you're a you know, <laughs> guy or a cardiologist, you're going to know all about the different areas. Very good. Sir. <laughs> all right. Question two: Who designed the mini moke? Was it David, Alec, or Graham? David. Scott. Hang on, David. Yes. Was Alec? It was Alec. Same guy that designed the mini, Alec Isagonis, who had a spur in front of his name. Hmm. Question number three. One of the popular colours available has an association with hell. What is it? Alan. Scott. Yes, Alan. I'm going to say it's probably the red one. No. (laughs) Okay. Scott, you're next. Yellow. Yes, but what was the colour called? It was called... Yellow... Something. Yellow, Matthew. Yellow, hell. Matthew. Yellow devil. Yellow devil. <laughs> Yellow devil. Oh, bitch! You got me. <laughs> I'll give you. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, question four: The early mokes had bigger wheels than the later ones. True or false? Matthew. 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 Oh. True. 
PayPal. False. Oh, cool. oh. Uh, well, no, they, no one can get that now. Yes, we can. Let us have it. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not going to get a point. Question <laughs> five. What does the name Moke mean? Oh, that's a great question. Alan. We're all learning, aren't we? We're all learning, Alan. Is it some kind of an animal? It is. What kind of an animal? Um, uh, like a, some kind of horse? It is some kind of horse. I'll give it to you. It's a mule or a donkey like a, or an old, um, an old equine. An yeah. old nag. An what, old what, nag. In what language? Oh, I think in uh, Old English and oh, well, okay. old Portuguese. Did something. not know that. Well, call somebody a moke. Moke is like a yeah, yes. mule, old mule. Yes. I was gonna say I was gonna say man operated king uh, something. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Good guess, but no. Okay, you keeping score mad of that, Alan? I am. I'm, I, do you want a score check? David two, Scott and Alan on one, and me on zero. All right. Well, it's anyone's game. Question six. After Australia finished production of the Moke, which country bought David. the Moke? Yes, David. I think it was Portugal. Correct. They bought the tooling yeah. and rights and they kept making Mokes for many years into the future. Hola. 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 Question Hola. seven. Originally designed to be deployed by the British Army, how were the Mokes intended? David. Yes, David. Helicopter. No. Oh. Well... No, well, I was thrown out of the back of planes, but there, there was a. I had one as a kid and, yeah. and had a helicopter on it. Yeah. And how did it get to the ground? Oh, parachute. Yes, parachute. Yeah. All right, goes without saying. I'm not going to throw it out of the parachute. out of something without a parachute. Yeah, eh? to be dispatched via parachute. <laughs> Question eight: A version of the mic with a few extras was named after a sun-drenched part of David. the world. Yes, David. California. Remote Californian, exactly. Sure. Question nine. Sure. sure. What is the colloquial term for the longer gear shift found on earlier mokes? Matthew. Yes. Uh, longer gear shift. Uh, the phallic row? <laughs> the phallic row? Incorrect. <laughs> I have no idea. Like... <laughs> David, is it the pudding bowl? No, although that's an apt description. Okay. Other boys, big long gear shift, bit loosey goosey. What did they call it, or what does it get referred to as now? Oh, I, 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 can I have a guess if, if you get it wrong? What? Is it called the sloppy seconds? No. <laughs> Not the sloppy seconds. <laughs> and thirds and fourths. And Alan. <laughs> well, since we were going, that was called a moke, and that's supposed to be like a horse or donkey or something. Is it like a donkey dick? <laughs> Good guess, but no. Wait, okay, can I have a guess? Yeah. The bucket of bolts? No. Oh, <laughs> the okay. magic wand. Ah, oh, the magic wand. <laughs> magic wand. The Harry Potter yeah. of, uh, of gear ships. That's it. Question 10, lucky last. No car that wasn't an Aston Martin has been in more Bond films than a Moke. How many Bond films was it in? Oh. We can all have a go at this, can't we? Yeah, um, David, I'll go 10. Okay. Scott? Matthew? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go 7. 
Scott. Uh, I was going to go with eight. And Mr. Singe. Wait, how many Bond films has there been? I think 27. I'm going to see it in the recent ones. How many Richard Amok? Let's go with five. Alan, you are correct. It's four, but you're the closest. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There you yeah. go. That's your 10 moat questions. We've all learned something. I've, I've learned many, many things tonight. Uh, but score check, myself on zero. I cannot believe I am. I am, I am that is my worst. It's how it's meant to go when you're not doing the questions. Oh, I know. I know. This is, this is the reason why I'm not very good with cars. Uh, <laughs> Scotty on one, Alan on two, and tonight's winner on five is Mr. David Prince. Well done, Mr. David Prince. Very nice. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Glad to see your moat knowledge is... Uh, <laughs> now, you, you have you explained why you uh, why this was the topic? Oh, just because I've had Mokes on the brain recently, and I did visit a um, a fellow Honda Club member who's in, also in the Moke Club, and I had a drive of his yellow uh, twelve seventy five on the weekend, and uh, that was most enjoyable. So you know, my my future dreams of owning a Moke, uh, you know, we're not there yet, but we're you know the the. The seed was planted many, many years ago. I remember saying to my parents when I was 18, you know, I want to get a moke. No way you're getting that. That's not safe, blah, blah. And I remember being quite defiant that I was getting one regardless. <laughs> it's um, only taken, what, 10 years now, Ed? Yeah, exactly. But never never has that dream been realised. Mm. What was the was the ute called the Stockman or was that the Sierra? That was the Sierra. Okay, there was a ute version, I remember. Yeah, but they were all sort of custom done, I think. No, no, it was factory. You could get oh, a factory Leyland okay. uh, Ute, I'm sure. Okay. So when you get the Moke, are we all going to drive to St Kilda Beach wearing budgie smugglers? If, if you agree <laughs> to wear them, Alan, then I'll wear them as well. Uh, I may have struggles, a bit of struggle fitting my budgie in a smuggler, but uh, <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> as long as you pay for my uh, public... Uh, Indecency, indecency yeah, uh, costs. I tell you what, I will. I will join you guys if we, provided we can pump music. You know the uh, the bull, 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 You know, like the, 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 oh, that. Yeah. That's we have like the big stereo on the shoulder as well. Like. Yeah. It would be more like the service station scene from Zoolander, wouldn't it? Yeah, petrol fight, petrol fight. <laughs> it would be. Uh, I with uh, Alan and I would be carrying the ghetto blaster, pumping all this music, and then uh, you know we'd be all otherwise it'd be a terrible sight. I, I, I would have I would have to probably have to go to therapy after seeing that. But, but, um, uh, it'll it'll be it'll be well worth the lols, that's for sure. When when we're explaining ourselves in court, we'd be like we're trying to emulate this, Your Honor. You know, we don't mean anything <laughs> but it. Just, uh, we had the right idea. Right. For the fun of it, and the, the, the they'll ask you, well, "What was your reason for doing it?" We did it for the fun of it. That, that was that, that was that was the reason. <laughs> Just for the fun, as the as the ads as the advert says, for the fun of it. Mm. Gentlemen, lovely show tonight. Real uh, real fun. Uh, good discussions all round. Alan, could you give Rizzy Ross a plug, please? Yes, uh, in uncertain markets like the current ones. Um, cars are actually really hard to come by particularly brand new ones so if you want to make sure that you're paying the right price hit up our good friend Rizzy Ross at carloop.com.au make sure you pay what you you know no more than you have to pay uh, for your brand new car today absolutely 
Uh, like and share our Facebook pages, Car Talk T R Q. Enjoy. If you miss any of our previous episodes, they're all up on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you, you get your podcasting apps. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to us there. We are also on YouTube. We, we did our we did our first episode on YouTube. Uh, what was it Sunday night? We we live streamed for, for the kickback. So, so our our kickback episodes are there as well as on as well as uh, the the sound versions um, all on our streaming platforms. Uh, like and share, as I said earlier, but also you can you can support the show by becoming a patron to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash car talk podcast, as well as um, buying some merch from our Teespring store. Go to teespring.com and type in car talk store and support the show there. Edward Bunting, um, uh, Ed's cars for sale. I was going to say Ed's Hondas, but you don't have any of those left. Uh, that Mr. Prince's... Um, incredible interior work which i might have to get you to do some a bit a couple of bits and pieces for me um in the in the in the uh, in the new in the near future um, okay. and uh scotty snitches nothing to snitch on because i didn't um discuss my uh my my, my cars tonight so all good um <laughs> yeah. uh gentlemen love the show and i will see you guys next time take it easy Catch you later.